0: Oh, here we go. (laughs)
1: Good evening. Can everybody hear us okay? Yep. 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 All right, good deal. Thank you all so much for having us out this evening. This is truly a blessing for us. We started our kind of our public outreach, I guess you'd say, going out and talking to people. We started it right here. Over a year ago, almost two years now, we came and visited with the, the Ladies of the Wine Club here. And we started it here, so we couldn't think of a better place. I mean, when Father Prim said, our boys... We were kind of, I kind of just like, yeah, that's true. I mean, this is like a family reunion. Honestly, I mean, half of the people in here, I think I'm related to. So, (laughs) y'all keep it together. I mean, I don't know how many of y'all this on the way just tonight asked us, you know, did we pass any rain on the way here, or did we go dry get any rain tonight? Well, being that this is the feast day of Saint Lawrence and that he is the patron of comedians, that rain was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't much to speak of, so. No, we
2: sorry, it just, is it hot, the mic?
1: Okay, good. So Joe stinks, I'm just going to get over here. Okay, <laughs> I took my shower this week. <laughs> okay, so tonight we have been asked to speak to y'all on spiritual warfare. So, did you bring your guns? <laughs> <laughs> Who brought your guns? I know there's some, there's some guns in here, at least out in the truck maybe, but we're not talking about that kind of warfare.
0: Yes, but before that, thank you, St. Lawrence you are the greatest fans for us we feel the most support from the people in this room than any parish in the world
2: that's the truth and we could go around the room and and point individual people out just on what you guys have done for us and how those things wouldn't be possible if you weren't there to step up Uh, awesome memories Uh, I gotta point one out Russ, I mean you guys uh, did an awesome job. When Father Mitch came, we got to hang out with him for several days, and uh, he was writing his autobiography at my mother in law's house and at Joe's house. I mean, just the experiences that we've had, y'all, have been incredible. And it's because we were, we were bold. Tony, am I interrupting? Sorry. No, I can, no, no. I can the, do that.
0: And Arlene and the people that were helping put up the second billboard, and we're, we're in the process to do the third, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth billboard right now, is because of people like you, St. Lawrence. So that you're the foundation, we need your prayers, we need your support, we need everything you got. And if you're behind us, there's no stopping what the Holy Spirit can do, amen? Amen. amen. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So keep drinking, let's have a good time. Uh, anyways, <laughs> so I'm the teacher on the show, so we're going to start with a quote from the catechism, okay? And, uh, and then we're going to share some stories about some real life examples of uh, spiritual warfare. Catechism 395. Who has a catechism? Not with you, but do you own one? Okay, good. How many of you have read a couple paragraphs out of it? How many have read the whole thing? Oh, uh, there's no test. <laughs> the power of Satan is nonetheless not infinite. I mean, it's not forever. He is only a creature, powerful from the fact that he is pure spirit, but still a creature. He cannot prevent the building up of God's reign. Although Satan may act in the world out of hatred for God and his kingdom in Christ Jesus, and although his actions may cause grave injuries of a spiritual nature and indirectly even of a physical nature, to each man and to society, the action is permitted. I mean, God allows it by divine providence, which with the strength and gentleness guides human and cosmic history. It's a great mystery that providence should permit diabolic activity, but we know that in everything, God works for good with those who love him. Once we started Rome Boys, spiritual attack came to the point where we didn't want to go to the sh- do, our- do a recording. We didn't want to go to an event. Uh, we would get sick. Our kids would get sick. Uh, at the time there, I was like, does any of this affect you guys? Because I was just taking it like the devil obviously wants to stop Rome Boys. He wants to stop the work of Christ that all of us do in our ministries and our apostolate. I go back to college, and my first experience with the devil, and I was an RA in college, one of five Catholics. I took the, the, the rough dorm, the guys that drank on the weekends, snuck girls in, and were definitely not the ideal, awesome, holy people they should be. There was a fight breaking out down the hallway, And as super RA Tony to the rescue, I ran down the hallway to try to break it up. They were cussing, they were threatening each other's life. It means a big deal, I gotta do something about it. I walk into the room, I literally feel the most evil presence I've ever felt in my life. It's otherworldly. I knew that something happened. Broke up the fight, put the guys in their corners, they went to their rooms, they were cool. But there was something evil around physically present. I couldn't sleep. I grabbed my crucifix, my rosary, and my holy water. I prayed rosaries about eight minutes a rosary. You're not supposed to go that fast, right? You're supposed to 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Um, Yeah, I was just rapid fire, like something's, this is weird. And I know this is of of the evil one. I wake up in the middle of the night because I can't sleep very well. I go to the restroom, come back, and I hear the most Grotesque, seriously scary sound that any man in this room would be like, "What? Wow, wow! This is this is freaky." The it was out of this world. The this growl that was so scary. So I kept praying, holy water, crucifix, all those things. St. Michael prayer like crazy, which we need to do the St. Michael prayers right now yeah, yeah. here in a it's second, okay. um, and. The evil spirit went away. The devil is real, people. Hell exists. We're here to help you to realize that he is prowling, like St. Peter says, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He wants to destroy your soul, your family, your marriage. But we have Jesus on our side. We are Catholic, and we have the sacraments, and we have sacramentals. And with that, the devil can't do nothing against us, but he's, he's attacking and he's doing very well in the United States right now. But with the people in this room and with your prayers and your fasting and your sacrifice and your boldness with your faith, we got this. We're good.
2: So we probably all have a different perspective on what spiritual warfare is. It would be really helpful if we could hear, if you guys don't mind contributing now, we have a Q&A at the end. But when, what does spiritual warfare, uh, when you hear that, what comes to mind? Will anybody speak up? What comes to mind? This is the largest crowd we've ever spoken in front of. Now, we have tens of thousands of views on some of our YouTube videos. But sitting in front of you guys, uh, we know that there's a big diverse uh, breadth of understanding of what spiritual warfare is. You heard the definition, basically, uh, from what Tony read. But uh, you guys are here because maybe it's St. Lawrence Feast Day, and we appreciate that you came over here, too, to hang out with us. Uh, But is there something specific that comes to mind to anyone? The ways of the world. The ways of the world? Agreed. It's one of the three ways that the devil actually tempts and attacks us. You guys have probably all experienced some sort of spiritual warfare. But you really didn't know if it was the devil or not. Or if it's you playing tricks on yourself. Or am I just down and out? Is this my fault? But what I will say is, don't give the devil too much credit. We have to have skin in the game. What I mean by that is, Jesus died. He had all his skin in the game, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: He was crucified. He was beaten. He was scourged. Don't be afraid of suffering. Do not be afraid of suffering. We know from saint after saint after saint that it is what brings us to holiness. So spiritual warfare is not something that we can just put on the shelf and say, that's not for me, I'm not spiritual, you know. I'm not emotional or wishy-washy, or maybe I don't have a story like Tony, or one that we may share here in a minute. But we all go through things that make us feel challenged, and we wonder, what is going on? Joe said something great on the way here. If everything was perfect... There would be no, in the words of St. Thomas Aquinas, life would be vacuous. That means there'd be no purpose for it. Because we wouldn't yearn for something greater, which is heaven. So spiritual warfare is in all of our lives, whether we like it or not. You know, we as Catholics say, it doesn't matter if you believe that that's the Eucharist or not, it is. It is, not because we believe it is, right? It's because it is. And so spiritual warfare is the same way. So we have to embrace it. And we want to talk, actually we were going to talk and we are going to discuss kind of where it all started and where it all came from and then what we can do about it. So we hope to kind of share with you how it all began and we'll talk about in the beginning. And Joe has a little story for you there, so let's do that.
1: Well, first of all, get your, first of all, hold on a little closer. First of all, you know, there's two forces that are after you every day. One is the one that's going to help you to get to heaven. The other wants to drag you to hell. Two forces each and every day. And we see this right up front in Scripture. And I'm going to pick on the guys tonight for a little bit. You know, uh, we take pride in being the providers and the protectors of our families. But we tend to focus more on the physical, on providing a home, providing food, providing security. You know, think about our kids. You know, we clothe the naked we feed the hungry and we shelter the homeless our kids especially when they come home from college
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but do we ever think about the physical the spiritual you know we tend to focus more on the physical parts of things of protecting them that way rather than the spiritual and we need to provide for our families in our in the spiritual realm i mean think about in the beginning adam and eve You know, when God came after they had already broken, eaten the apple, God comes to the garden and says, where are you? But it's more like talking straight to Adam, where were you? Because think about it, where was Adam when Eve was being tempted by the serpent? He was right next to her. Adam dropped the ball. He wasn't there to protect his wife. He dropped the ball. So I have to admit that in our house, my wife is the spiritual warrior. She prays, and we have all the uh, sacramentals. We have mm-hmm. statues. You come into our house, it looks like a church.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> the kids joke around the house that there's more pictures of the saints on the walls than the kids. <laughs> the kids are actually in the hallway. We put them up right there. <laughs> on the <Yeah>. way out. <laughs> on the way out. So they, the kids joke that you have to be a saint to get on our wall. <laughs> come to think about it, I don't think I'm on any of those pictures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe I'm, the yeah. Bathroom? Maybe maybe? in the yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. (laughs) In the bathroom.
1: (laughs) So we have to really, as men, pick up our spiritual sword and our armor and get to work. Being not taking over, but doing it as a team. Making this a team effort. Not letting our wives just be the sole spiritual leaders of our house, but we need to to take it up and be with them as a team.
2: So when you go back and you think about what happened and how this all came about with Adam and Eve in the garden, there's two creation stories, and there's uh, the different parts of Scripture that are either poetic, or Tony, you could probably correct me, uh, in some that you take literal. But, you know, it was a third of the angels that fell. Here's what's interesting and why we're in spiritual warfare. You've heard that probably a third of the angels fell. Well, the reason is because of those. There's a lot of question about why a third. Why not, you know, uh, why not two fourths or a half? Well, five out of four people are bad with fractions, so don't make fun of me. So, but a third of the angels fell, and they followed Satan. And Satan and the angels, and Satan was the highest of the seraphim angels, which is the highest of highest angels, he chose to leave because when he realized that the third person of the Trinity, or the second person, uh, the Son, was going to become a man, he said, I'm not going to worship somebody that's lesser than me, which is us, humanity.
0: And he especially hated the part with Our Lady. Ah, yes. Yes.
2: Um, because did you know that the devil is actually more scared of Mary, and this comes straight from Scripture, than he is of God Himself.
0: and our exorcist video, he says it himself. Whenever the exorcist mentions the name of Our Lady, the pers- person that's possessed shrieks and goes nuts while praying the Rosary.
2: And she is the Queen of Angels, right? So, the when the devil uh, was w- had fallen. And all of these angels came with him. So basically the the small T tradition of the faith is that the angels that worshiped that um, person of the Trinity are the ones that fell with him. You see what I mean? So there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that's that's a a big part of what the church says about uh, why a third. So with all of this happening, what it came down to is one thing. Jealousy. Jealousy and humility. And that's exactly what the devil didn't want any part of. And, you know, angels have a perfect mind. They have a perfect mind. So they're created higher than humans in one sense. But they're actually second to us because of the other, which is grace. And so that's the humility. And that's giving up all of that, which they are, angels, to... A person, which is Jesus, which is God. And so this is kind of where the story all started. And this is why we're in a war. And there is no war. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. There is no war between God and Satan. There is no war there. Because God could just thump him on the head and he'd be done and be over with. But as we've talked about, he, he does allow evil to exist so that we can work our way into holiness. So this is all... Not just because God designed it this way, but because we, in part of this story, we messed up. And we have to take ownership of it. And when we talk about things that we need to do to to protect ourselves in spiritual warfare, which happens every single day in our lives, uh, hopefully we send you home with some things that can not just talk about the doom and gloom, the first part of what we're going to talk about, but hope. And uh, you have to know that it's our faith that the scripture says will save us. Right, and obviously through our works, as James says as well.
0: Ephesians 6, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, that's the world there, against the forces of darkness, that's the devil, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Uh, Who agrees with me that right now it's probably some of the most evil times in history? Maybe you don't, that's fine. It's nuts, politically. um, You know, just uh, everything there, we'll leave that alone. (laughs) Um, Things going on in the church, uh, within our diocese, within the world church and the hierarchy, uh, it's, it's a mess. And we look at ourselves, too. We're all sinners. The righteous person sins at least seven times a day. That's the little old lady going to Mass. You know, every <laughs> single day praying the rosary multiple times a day. If you're like me, it's closer to 70 <laughs> sins a day. You know, come to my house with my kids. Yeah, let's, it's tough. It's, it isn't easy. So it, there's a real battle. But how many of you have a rosary with you right now? You carry it with you. Or wear, you wear a crucifix. Or you have the scapular on. Let's see if you are knights and you are in the army. Men, we need you now more than ever. We have been sitting on the fence too long. I'm just picturing my football coach in high school and college right now. Like, men, rise up. We need you to step up. The women have done so much in keeping our faith strong here in St. Lawrence. Pick your place. Texas, the United States, and the world. Men, we need to step up and be the warriors for our families. What is... uh, when mary appears to the children in fatima she says the sixth commandment is the number one commandment the sexual sins that lead people to hell so men we got to watch out for those things (laughs) and make sure that we don't commit those and watch our boys and the young ladies that they stay away from those sins the sins of the flesh keep our eyes on christ keep our eyes on the eucharist and one thing that chris mentioned about the angels The angels are higher than us, yes. And also there's two-thirds of the angels are good that are on our side. But the one thing that angels don't have is a body. And we, as human beings, can consume the Savior of the world at every Mass. And no angel can do that. And they're not jealous, at least the good ones aren't, okay? But that is such a blessing to receive our Lord and Holy Communion. You want to make a difference in the world? And change the world for generations. Go to Mass. Step it up and go more than on Sunday. That's how you change the world. Uh, Bless your kids with holy water. Pray the St. Michael prayer. Rise up as Catholics. We need to step up. Now is the time. There is no more sitting on the bench now. ever wondered
1: why God even allows the demons to tempt us in the first place? I've, I've gone off and wondered that. What's the point? Why torture us, right? Is that what he means to do, is to torture us? By having these demons tempt us and drag us into sin? No. The demons are created beings. God created them. What they do, they have a job. They have a purpose. Now you want to talk about somebody who hates their job. The (laughs) demons hate their job. Mm. Because their job is to tempt us. To hopefully drag us into sin. But they know that if we grow, we grow in suffering. Right? Think about it. When we're challenged intellectually, hopefully we get smarter. In my case, might be a little harder than others. <laughs> what do you think about when people, uh, when you work out, right? You're testing your muscles. You're strengthening by putting them under pressure. Okay? Your will. When somebody challenges your will, they kind of, ch- your character, it just yada, 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 etc. etc. It just The more you're challenged, the more you grow. So these demons know that the more they challenge you, the more they tempt you, the more they try to get you to sin, that's a losing battle. Because God willing, you learn and you grow in those things that, you're, that are tempting to you. You grow stronger against them. So they screech and they just hate their job. Absolutely hate their job. And we think about growing stronger in virtue. They help us grow in virtue. So... A little greedy, maybe a little envious. That helps you grow in charity. You know, you, maybe you have a problem with lust. It helps you grow in chastity. Pride. Humility loves to cure pride. So <laughs> yeah. Then selfishness, and on and on with the, all the virtues. They, these demons are there. God allows them. They're on a short leash. They're only allowed to do so much to us. And each one is for a purpose. And God allows maybe a little bit more for some than others, but it's all in helping us grow. If you are being tempted by something very serious, and it just keeps coming up, you go to confession all the time, and it's the same thing over and over and over again, God is trying to grow you in that virtue of holiness.
2: So there's Father Chris Ehler talks about three ways that you invite Satan in, and it's an open door, okay? And he's very explicit when he talks about him, and you would be amazed at how many people actually have this challenge. But these three things open the door to Satan into your life. Okay, did you know that the uh, this case study is read by many priests in seminary? the The first original uh, exorcism uh, movie, you know, the old black and white one. That case study is read by many seminarians, and the thing that uh, invited that demon into that girl's home was the Ouija board. Uh, so you have to be, if there's one in your home, destroy it. Take it away immediately. Get it out of your home. But the three most common things, like Tony talked about, is the sixth sin. It's easy to remember. My kids say that's the sex sin. sin. Can't even talk. Um, but pornography. Did you know that 78% of all unique searches on the internet are pornography? 78% percent of all searches are pornography you think people don't have a problem with this the devil's door is flung wide open in their life the second one is illicit sexual activities and that's a wide array of things Uh, the third one is unforgiveness unforgiveness and it's so simple why is that one the one that opens the door so wide for satan Because it's the exact opposite of who we are called to be is forgiven people of God, right? He himself forgave us and did that on the cross. And so if we ourselves can't let go of even forgiving ourselves, your life is in jeopardy. You got to be a forgiving people as Christians over and over and over. How many times should we forgive, Lord? (laughs) And it was Peter he was talking to, right? Over and over and over. And I know people in our churches that have a problem and will say out loud, I'm not going to forgive you for who you are. It's all around us. It's simple. Don't make it complex. You know, we talk about deep spirituality here. We've we've quoted the scripture. We've quoted catechism. Father Mike Schmitz does a really good job of speaking to us in layman's terms. If you've not watched his videos, it's really good. One of the things he says is, if you think you're under spiritual attack, first thing you need to do is look in the mirror. And you need to ask yourself, okay, do I have my life together? And is it something within my control? He said you need to listen to positive things on the radio and on the TV instead of negative things. He even said you might need to go to counseling. You might need to read really good books. Start with the basic and the simple. It does not have to be complex. We don't have to have a spiritual event in our lives, and we shouldn't, to get ourselves on a positive path in life. Doing, you know, if, if you're in a rut in your life, doubt will take you out of action. And action will take you out of doubt. It's a marvelous thing. But you've got to do something. So if you're in a rut in your life and you're down and out, you can't blame that on the devil. Okay? You can't blame those things on the devil. You can't blame it on your kids. You can't blame it on the fact that you have animals and you can't go anywhere. And so your life is, you know, you're living in a cave.
0: Can you blame it on the rain? Can't blame it on the rain. <laughs> Sorry, see what generation likes you know, that song. Anyway.
2: <laughs> so you've got to take really? ownership of your life. I'm not trying to be a motivational speaker, but I'm telling you.
0: You're good. You're
2: pretty good you good as a, as, a, as a leader, uh, You know, in my job, this is what makes people happy and productive is pushing them to understand the one thing that we're all missing, which is the fact that we're loved. Mm. And what I do in every single audience is pause right after that. And I try to find the burliest man in the audience. Raise your hand if you're the burliest. (laughs) (laughs) But we don't really honestly believe that. And you're you're just closing the door to God, and you're allowing the the spiritual attacks to happen. May I have just a minute? to Tell no, a story. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> some of you may have heard some of my story. I won't go all into it now because it'd take too long.
0: He should be on the journey home. Amen. Have you heard his story? <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: So, if you've heard it, I'm going to repeat some of it. So just bear with me, please. Uh, many of you know, uh, and you heard Cecil and Wilma. You know that's kind of the lineage that I'm a part of because I married Melissa. Um, Stephen Fran's daughter and I tell the story uh, in Acts and so she's the best thing that ever happened to me besides coming into the Catholic Church which is the biggest decision a convert will ever make and so I tell you as cradle Catholics it's the biggest decision that you can make every single day is to be committed to your faith but when I met Melissa, I didn't realize that it was possible that you could only miss Mass one time in your life. So these things are important to Catholics. But in my life, my mom got beat up every single day. And I'm not exaggerating. You know, I helped carry her when her femur was broken because my, my stepdad kicked her in the leg when we were trying to run away. I have walked miles barefoot, and I'm not exaggerating, guys. When I was a little kid, and what did I say in Texarkana when we were talking? I have an advantage, and this is what I want to bring to you tonight. All of the things that I've been through, crack houses that I was left in as a kid. I saw people, and I saw things around me as a little boy, a little kid, and I always felt protected. (laughs) On April twentieth, 1992, I was baptized at Forest Branch Baptist Church in Livingston, Texas. Because my mom didn't know Jesus, I asked her, I want to know Jesus because I met a friend and I saw his family and they were normal and they didn't fight and their life was together and they went to church. So I asked my mom, will you take me to church? And she did. And I didn't meet my dad or know his name and there were many people who my mom said could have been my dad until I was 23 years old. But when I was 10 years old, Wayne Harris was the only man my mom knew that knew Jesus. And she asked him, what do I do? They took me to church. He lived right next door to my biological father. And nobody knew who my dad was. The way God works in our life, there is a spiritual war going on. But if you don't have faith to believe that God is always with you, you've seen the picture of the footprints in the sand, right? You've all seen that image. When we think that he's not with us, He's more with us than we're with ourselves most of the time. You know? There's a, there's a saying that most people most people are at work, and when they're at work, they're thinking about home, and when they're at home, they're thinking about work and they ain't never nowhere. <laughs> ain't it true? But when you know you're loved by God, you're anchored in that. And you don't have to fear spiritual warfare. You don't have to think about the devil behind you with a pitchfork. You don't have to go through what I went through. To know that you're loved by something that's greater than anything you'll ever experience on earth. Okay? But you need to know that you're loved. The devil's not going to win this game. You know, I talked about there's, there's not a battle between God and Satan. The battle is for us. That's how important you are. That's why we're in spiritual warfare. You know, in the Old Testament, the Jews knew that they had to refine gold so much... So fine that it had a reflection that showed their face in what they called the reflection of perfection. What does it take to make that gold shine? Fire. Even in the Old Testament, there were references of purgatory, which is what will cleanse us into heaven, right? So we all experience it in different ways. Uh, I say I have an advantage because I feel like I got all the bad stuff behind me. When I met Melissa, it was like, I always say, she says that her life was, I'm sorry, her life was like this, and then she met me and it was like this. (laughs) And I always say, well, when I met you, my life was like this, and then it went like this, you know. We just came from two opposite ends of the world, Midland and Livingston, and we met in College Station, so God's country.
0: (laughs) Why do we have 18 children among us?
2: Yeah, please
1: somebody answer
0: that. Crazy. What are they thinking?
1: (laughs) What's the Uh, best one? Oh, do you all have a TV? (laughs) Yes, we do. Sex is more fun.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We need to raise up warriors for the next generation. That's why we have 18 children. (laughs) Because the world needs faith-filled young people. If those of you involved in youth ministry, that's what it's all about. Helping them to really know that they're loved and that they give their life to Jesus Christ, and they love the Catholic Church. Where are you on that? Do you really believe that God loves you? I would venture to say that most people don't believe that wholeheartedly, because if you do, you can become a saint. God loves you. I would say that to my eighth graders as I taught sixth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade theology. I don't know if they heard me the all three years, but these three boys, I said it to them, and I looked at them in their eyes, I looked at every one of my students, and I said that to them, and for the rest of the year, they would come up to me before every class and say, "Hey, Mr. Frasco, God loves you." Go home tonight, look in the mirror and repeat it, maybe a hundred times <laughs> until you really believe that God is crazy in love with you and went so far. To become one of us then die for you and you alone he lost 28,430 drops of blood for you and he goes even further and we can consume and eat him he's in love with you he truly loves you and then once you get it tell as many people as possible because we, most, the world doesn't see that. Look around the world, the media, and all the things that are going on there. Those people don't know that God loves them. And clergy and lay people alike, we gotta know this before we can be, get into marching orders and get into battle to change the world. God loves you. God loves you. You. God loves me. And say that so many times. Start your day off before your feet hit the floor and then give your life to Him.
1: And these guys got some crazy stories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Growling rosaries. No, wait a minute. You said the rosaries. Give it Really be crazy. Was, uh, crack, I, my goodness. I think I saw a ghost one time, but I think it was pretty much something I drank. <laughs> something. Quantity, not quality. Mm. So the best offense is the best defense, right? It's having a good defense. We've all heard that. So what do we, can we do to help battle these spiritual attacks? I would say the number one thing is confession. Who knew that confession is greater or more effective than an exorcism? Did you know that? A confession, a good confession, is more effective than an exorcism. For several reasons one you're cleansing your sins you're going to the priest and he's taking them away but two is that you also by going more frequently become very aware of your weaknesses of what's dragging you down of what's actually the devil's using against you because he knows you very well he doesn't have to look at your internet profile to know what you've been doing what you've been looking at he knows you almost probably I wouldn't say it better than you know yourself but in some cases and especially your weaknesses he does so by going to confession frequently you become more well aware self-aware of your weaknesses so that you can use that to know that okay he's attacking me in this way he's coming in after me in this way to be just to be aware of it uh, the choice you know we as Chris said earlier you know we shouldn't give the devil a whole lot of credit Thomas Aquinas said that we don't need to give him a whole lot of credit We need to know that He's there. We need to acknowledge that He is there and He is coming for us. But at the same time, again, He's on a short leash. He doesn't have all that much power. It's only what God allows Him to have. So by knowing His tactics, we can battle against that. And going to confession is a great way of doing that.
2: And Thomas Aquinas said that uh, he's my patron saint, so I like the guy. Uh, but he's, he's a very heady guy, but he's known as the dumb ox because he was the big guy in the room that never said anything. And then one day he opened his mouth and out came the Summa Theologica. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, he, he dives into very uh, heady, very complex things. And when he does that, he does his best to try to simplify it for us. And so we have the tools.
1: I think my something's going dead. Uh. (laughs) You're with us. We're good. Uh. I'm not looking at your butt. (laughs) Yeah, you are. But, so,
2: our life has to go through these challenges. Uh, But he also said to keep it simple, and I've mentioned that. So, your feelings are not spiritual warfare. Your feelings aren't spiritual warfare, okay? So, you've got to be careful with that. I feel like, you know, this is the worst day of my life, and... Uh, Things just aren't going right, and this is the devil's fault. It may—that's not spiritual warfare necessarily. Now there could be things that are interjected into a bad day, but I don't want you to leave here and think, you know, when you're having a bad day or things aren't going your way, that uh, the devil's there or that you're possessed or there's (laughs) there's demons around you. Those are very real, uh, serious situations, and they're rare as far as we know. Uh, but there is a battle going on around us. So simple things that we can do is go to Mass. Follow the basic dogmas of the church, you know. Uh, We need to believe what the church teaches. You know, I could ask several people in this room, I'll just make you feel uncomfortable for a second. We respect the offices of our military. What about our government? I mean, how many people in this room, are gonna jump up and say, I love Joe Biden, he's my president. So far nobody. That wasn't a test, I was just asking. And I don't I'm not here it's funny how politics can rile us up more than religion. Isn't that nuts? Who have we become that's not a godly situation to put ourselves in. We need to let that stuff go, okay? I was just having a conversation, and like you were saying, turned off the news in March 2020. What a great time to turn off the news. The things around you are not always, uh, it's not their fault. It's your fault for letting it control your mindset, okay? So your feelings are not necessarily spiritual warfare. I know I've said it a few times, but you know it takes 21 times to, uh, to create a habit. It also takes that many times to hear it and retain it. So I won't keep going, but you've got to understand your feelings aren't spiritual warfare. So every day what I do is very simple. I wake up, and Richard Pelzel actually taught me this in RCIA, and I've been teaching RCIA for, you know, I don't know, 15 years now. But every time... I wake up, I say, Lord, I give you this day and everything in it. And it's so interesting to me that on the days I don't wake up and say that are the days that things don't work out right. That's not my feelings. I know it every swing in time. It happens, okay? And so some of you may wake up and say the the morning offerings, the morning prayers. And you may do the evening prayers and the night prayers. And you should continue to do that. And I should pray more. But a simple prayer to God is all that's needed. That's why confession is so, so powerful. You're simply having a heart of contrition. You're confessing and being vulnerable to God. And when you do that in front of other people, not confess your sins like the jokes from the puppets. But whenever you're vulnerable with other people... That means you've forgiven yourself. These are basic little things that you can do to keep the devil at arm's length.
0: So I take away the three fundamentals to the spiritual life and spiritual warfare. We've talked about them: sacraments and sacramentals. Look at your table: holy water, holy salt, crucifix, rosary. Be armed for those things. I wonder how long the confession lines here are in St. Lawrence. Let's make them so long. <laughs> And Father Prem, can't go to sleep. <laughs> oh, I'm all for it. <laughs> and he even agreed to all. it. Now we have witnesses. He's ready. Please go to confession as often as you possibly can. Wake him up if you got to, if you're in serious sin. Because we need your soul in heaven. Two, a devout prayer life. How's your prayer life going? All right, is it from the heart, like Chris was talking about? And... Is it something to where you're just rattling off the prayers or do you truly mean it from deep down inside? How's your prayer life going with your spouse? With your kids and dads, do they see you? Do your kids see you praying? And are you passing on the faith to them? Man, the statistics are super high. When dad is faithful and going to mass and loves his faith, those kids stay Catholic. That's the rock. You're the rock of the family. So prayer, and I mentioned sacraments, and then spiritual reading. Fill your mind, not up with the news, but with saints and the writings of Scott Hahn and anybody, you pick, pick a person. There's a lot of great authors. We have a plethora of knowledge out there, uh, so much good stuff that we can read about. Well, we don't have anything to read <laughs> yet, anything yet, but yet. <laughs> working on that, we got a book in process here, but... Anyways, but fill your head with holy things. You are what you eat, and you are what you read, and you are what you see, <laughs> and you become that. The, the five days we were in Texarkana doing talks, I didn't look at the news. It was the happiest five days within the last year of my life, within the last year. Because I wasn't focused on that. I was focused on ministry. So I would even say, pitch your phone. Get rid of it, or get one of those old phones. <laughs> you know that uh, <laughs> it's just. And especially with your kids, please don't let your kids have a phone. My yeah. my son Nicholas and Augustine are definitely old enough. Simeon, typical. All their friends have phones. They don't. And now it's interesting. Who's, they don't even want one. They don't well, want one because they see they they went they meet all these kids and they're just like, no, I I don't have to struggle with all these things because of the phone. So I'm just gonna. You
1: know, well, an interesting useless knowledge is that like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, the guy, the guys that build these things and invent these things, they don't let their kids have them. Hmm. They don't allow their kids to have the things that they invented because they know the damage they can do. The guy
2: who invented uh, TikTok yeah. uh, doesn't allow his kids to have a TikTok account. Wow. Uh, on and on. So... Uh,
0: Sure. I have one one yes. last quote as you're yeah, yeah. getting it back. So, Father Gary Thomas, he's an exorcist. I like these people. I mean, like, they're getting rid of the devil, so I like to listen to what they have to say. If you have a strong faith life and a strong prayer life and a strong sacramental life, you have nothing to worry about. Let me say that again. A strong faith life, prayer life, and sacramental life. The devil won't mess. Well, he'll mess with you. He'll tempt you. But... You're on the narrow path to heaven.
1: Do you have to have all three, or best two out of three? One. You're
0: yeah, that's the ju- guy's the judge <laughs> on that. <But> so, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the
2: thing too is, you know, we talked about. Here's what's interesting about talking about spiritual warfare. We usually think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Then when we sit here and we talk about being attacked ourselves, it turns so much inward focus on what we're doing right, and who we are. Hmm. That is a trick of the devil. Yes. Okay, Spiritual warfare is not just about you. And here we are trying to help you individually to become better, but we're also trying to give you some input on how to be a better role model you know, for your kids and for the people around you. You never know what the slightest decision you make and how it's going to affect somebody else. Mm-hmm. I think we all know this. I wouldn't be sitting here with you today if somebody didn't just live a normal life as husband and father. I wouldn't literally be here with you today if that weren't an example that was given to me. And I'm so thankful to those people. Bruce and Bobby Ott. Uh, For those that whooped, he used to play center for Texas A&M. He's seven foot tall. Um, But it's, it's so I have a quick story for you. You guys have seen the billboards and some of you have played a big part in those billboards. Some of you have heard this story. I'll make it quick. I was leaving San Angelo Water Supply or the the Water uh, Billing Department. Paying a bill. Shouldn't have been there. Was supposed to be in Kerrville for work. Missed a big meeting. I, I was, my wheels were squealing as I was going into the parking lot in my truck because I was trying to get there before 5 o'clock. They locked the door behind me. I was the last person in. The lady that was sitting there helping me, you know, it's like the DMV. It's just taken forever and i noticed a picture on her desk and it was a picture of a church and i made small talk about it and we got to talking and we found out they were both catholic and somehow the billboards came up and so i said yeah i know about those billboards and we had a conversation well that night was the first night that the three of us who teach rcia were going to teach it together as rome boys joe called me right before i went in there and he's like what are you going to talk about i have no (laughs) idea (laughs) Um, me either so this is how god works well, I'm talking with this lady. I pay my bill, get up, and we leave, or and I leave. And this gal that's sitting, uh, I never saw her the whole time. She said, sir, did you put up those billboards? And I said, it wasn't me. It was a whole bunch of people. But yes, I'm one of the roam boys that's on the sign. She said, I was in the darkest time of my life, and I'm still there. But things have changed for me. It was the darkest day of my life. And I was coming over the Chabron Overpass um, out of Great Creek into San Angelo. I shouldn't have been driving, she said. My eyes were full of tears. I was crying my eyes out, and I looked up over my steering wheel, and I saw, and I couldn't help but read the words, Jesus, I trust in you. She said, I'm not a religious person, but since that day, I am. And I've prayed for everybody who had anything to do with putting up that billboard, and everybody who sees it, that they might experience the same peace that I now have in my life that I've never known before. So, the littlest thing, it wasn't, I mean, this idea of putting up a billboard was a far cry from anything we ever thought Rome Boys would be. Which
0: I, I didn't even see the connection there, spiritual warfare, but isn't that everything to do with spiritual warfare? Right. That 12 million people are seeing these billboards of Jesus?
2: And we're not bragging about putting up billboards, but the littlest, slightest thing that you do and how it can affect the world around you. We are winning the battle, by the way. Mm. We're not losing the battle. Y'all know that, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: We're not losing the battle. As the church may feel like it's getting smaller at times, it's actually growing in value and purpose in the world. We have a greater calling every single day. Have you ever heard that you were born for such a time as this? You were. You were. You know, I work in the nursing home world. And those folks are so often forgotten about. And so many people that work in those nursing homes don't see the value in the people that they're caring for. So my goal in that sector of of life is to help everybody understand that they have a purpose from the day we're born till the day that we die. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something, sorry. So I don't know what your purpose is. And sometimes I don't know what mine is except for the three letters that I always tell everybody. K-L-S. Our whole goal in life, our whole purpose, if we live in a battle of spiritual warfare, keep it simple. That's not the acronym. Don't say it Joe. It's to know God, that's the K, to know, love, and serve God. That's it. It's very, very simple. So if you, as someone who doesn't read Scripture all the time, or doesn't read the Catechism, or you're not spiritual... Or you're not emotional you still have something to impart to your children and to the people around you in your workplace it's simple you can break those three things down and talk about them like a baptist preacher all day long if you want <laughs> to know god is and to know somebody what do you have to do you got to talk to them you got to listen to them even more so right loving god is an action and serving him is an action so there's a whole lot of things we got to do uh james Chapter 5, read it. If you want to know how to live, it's right there. And that keeps the devil away. Okay, you need to focus on the positive things, not on the negative
1: things. The more you know your faith, the stronger you will fight against those temptations. Because that is front and center in your life. If you're by living it, not just knowing it, but actually living your faith, that is the greatest way of just putting him to the side. The temptations don't come, they still come but they're not as strong. You can say no to them a lot easier. But So it's important to know your faith, but it's more important to live it.
2: You know, uh, one thing that we are challenged with all the time is who the heck are we? <laughs> to be sitting here in front of y'all, I look around and I see your faces, and I wonder, is that what y'all are thinking? I'm serious. <laughs> we suck. <laughs> <laughs> and God be praised even more. <laughs> But well, you think about it; it's so simple to be challenged. I got cobwebs all over me too. Coming at to you. Dust me off the shelf. <laughs> but we're all challenged by stupid, simple little things, right? And the reason I just told you that is because I know we all think, "What the heck can I do?" I'm not imitating just you. There so don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's tardy. <Sorry. comfy. laughs> yeah. uh, no, the gumbo was great. <laughs> But we don't know oftentimes what we can (laughs) do. But what I will say is, and I say this all the time, the longer you wait to say yes to God, the less likely you are to do anything about it. But remember the workers in the vineyard, the ones that show up at the last minute, they're paid an equal wage, which is heaven, right? So don't think that it's too late. That you're too much of who you are, that you can't change who you are in a positive way and go out and make a
0: difference in the world.
2: Because that's what you were called to do. You've probably heard people like Zig Ziglar say things like, you know, boats were made for sailing. If they don't, they collect barnacles and they're useless. Houses were built for living in, and if you don't have somebody living in them, you know what'll happen. Uh, Planes were made for flying, and you too were built for greatness. Get up and do something about it. Get up and do something about it. It's your action that shows God how much you love Him. Okay? So doing something is pushing the devil away. I started with a quote, and I'll kind of end with it, because I've been talking a lot. <coughs> I hope nobody's keeping time on who's talking the most, because <laughs> I always lose. You
0: win. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, and I forgot my
0: quote, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, sorry. <laughs> that's <is> my fault. <laughs> uh. Okay, yeah, the only thing I wanted to say, One thing I to say. let's end with a St. Michael prayer for this portion of the evening um, so we can give credit to where credit's due yeah. to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. amen. St. Michael, the May Archangel, angel, defend us defend in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness, wickedness and snares of the devil. May, May God, God rebuke him, we humbly pray. pray. And, and do thou, O
1: Prince of, of Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell, Satan. All legal spirits who travel about, about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. son, Amen. In the meantime, be bold. Be real. Be catholic. God, God bless you.